Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, Employability and Careers Consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Hi everyone and welcome to today's Career Zone podcast. Today we'll be focusing on the year abroad for modern languages students, specifically work abroad, and we'll be discussing the frequently asked questions that we get surrounding work abroad. My name is Brianna and I'm an employability and placements advisor at the university. I work mainly with modern languages students who go abroad for their third year um, and students can pick between study abroad and work abroad or they can do a mix of both. So for students that are doing work abroad, I will support them in finding their placements and I offer one to one support and also group delivery. Today I'm joined by Penny, who's a fourth year modern languages student who went on her year abroad last year. As well as being a fourth year student, Penny also works as a student campus partner, helping to support modern languages students throughout their year abroad journey. Um, I've invited Penny along today to answer some frequently asked questions um, that we get from students looking to work abroad. And Penny can also tell you a little bit about her experience on her year abroad. Um, please do remember that Penny is speaking from her own experiences, so things might have changed slightly since she went on her year abroad and everyone's experiences will be slightly different. So thank you, Penny, for coming along. Um, and I wondered if we could just start by you introducing yourself. Um, so what do you study? What languages do you do? And anything else you want to say? Yes, absolutely. So hi, I'm Penny. I am a fourth year student studying French and Spanish, and I went to Spain for the entire duration of my year abroad. I was in Barcelona, um, a small town outside of the centre of Barcelona. I was studying, um, I was sorry, I was teaching English uh, to students um, of children and adults, and I did some marketing and administration roles as well. So um, you spoke a little bit about what you did on your year abroad, but it'd be great to hear a bit more about it. So what was your placement? How did you find it? What did you get up to? So I was teaching English mainly. That was the main part of my job. Uh, but as I mentioned before, I did a lot of marketing as well. So that was working with Instagram and YouTube. I think the company had plans to work with TikTok as well, but that was in the future. So I haven't done any work with TikTok yet. Uh, but it was mainly editing and marketing for the company because it wasn't a school. It was a language academy. So they were obviously promoting their brand um, and trying to increase their customers and clients. Um, I also taught English, as I said, to students, um, but also to adults who worked in companies in Barcelona. That was really great because I got to talk to people from all over the world. A lot of uh, people from had emigrated from South America, so that was really interesting. I spoke to a lot of people that had moved to Spain like I had uh, for the year, so I found that really interesting. Obviously, you found a placement, which is great. And I think a lot of students um, that are listening will be interested in knowing how you found your placement. How many jobs did you apply for? Because obviously, I think a lot of students apply for a lot of jobs, get turned down or just don't hear back. So hearing from you would be helpful in that respect. 
I would start by saying that not hearing back or being rejected is very common. So don't feel downhearted. Try to keep up the resilience and keep applying. Um, for me, I did some speculative applications. So I emailed companies, um, even if they didn't have any job applications up, just asking if they had any teaching roles, marketing roles, um, because for me, I wasn't looking for anything specific. Um, so as well as that, I would look on LinkedIn and different job sites for the country that I wanted to go to. So for me, it was Spain. Um, so I think now we also have a documents list up or we will do of um, job sites for each country. So that should be really helpful for you guys. Um, I also want to talk about LinkedIn as well, because I think it's really a really great platform um, to not only look for jobs, but also to be approached by um, employers or agencies who are looking for people to fill roles. So for me, I made sure that my bio said that I was a third year student looking for a placement in whatever country or whatever city you want to be in. And sometimes you get approached like I did by an agency who need to fill roles. So that's a really great way to double your chances of um, finding a placement. Obviously you found your placement and then I'm sure the next step you thought of immediately was getting your paperwork in. Um, so can you describe the paperwork process once you'd found your placement? So I think one of the most important things is to get it approved first so make sure you fill out the handshake paperwork because sometimes the turnover can be you know depending on uh, how much work uh, the team has sometimes it can take a while and the sooner you can get your paperwork confirmed um, the sooner you can start your visa application which may take a few weeks may take a few months so I would really urge you to fill out the paperwork as soon as you get your placement as soon as you've been successful in finding a job and then you need to start on the visa application process um, so also in terms of paperwork um, there is information on the work abroad SharePoint site but I would also say to have a look on your Ellie page um, so each Ellie page if you're doing a placement module should have information about submitting your paperwork um, it isn't it's an easy process in the fact that you will just need to fill out a form on Handshake under experiences. It can take around 40 minutes to complete and it has to all be done in one go. So try and make sure that you've got all your information ready before you submit it. If you do have any questions, just email the relevant person in your in the placement team. Um, and once it's submitted, it will go to your module convener and it will go to whoever in your placement team. So for modern languages students, that's me. Um, and we will then hopefully approve it um, by looking at the risks and whether it's appropriate for your module. Um, and once it's approved, the next step will be drawing up your agreement. So usually for modern languages students, that's a global workplace agreement and that will be sent to your employer. They will have to sign it then you will have to sign it and then we will have to sign it. And once that's all done, that's your paperwork done in terms of what we need for the university to confirm your placement. So once you'd found your placement and got your paperwork in, you mentioned the visa process. So can you describe a little bit more about the visa process and how you found it? Um, so for the visa, there are many documents that you need to obtain. We have a document on the SharePoint site, so make sure you have a look at that as well. Like uh, Brianna mentioned earlier, though, sometimes things do change as the years go by. So make sure that the documents that you need are still the documents that you need in 2023 or 2024. So for me, it was quite an unprecedented time because it was during COVID and post Brexit. So the embassy, in my experience, um, always they very rarely have a lot of availability. 
So it's very important that as soon as you accumulate all your documents that you email the embassy in order to find a date and time that works for you. So in terms of documents that you need, uh, you need a recent colour passport photo and you need your passport. You need the original and a photocopy. I think it's safe just to be on the safe side to have a photocopy of all the documents just in case they do ask for it. You also need proof of accommodation. So this could be a hotel booking, an invitation letter or a tenancy agreement, depending if you've already found a place to stay. You also need travel medical insurance, um, which when I had to do it, I had to cover any incident or unforeseen illness with a minimum of 30,000 euros, including repatriation for medical reasons or in case of death. So make sure that your insurance covers everything. You also may need a medical certificate uh, issued from a doctor stating that you're free of any disease that could seriously affect public health. Um, this may also need to be translated into the language of the country that you're going to by a sworn translator, not by your mom or your friend. It needs to be by a sworn translator. You also need proof of financial means. Um, so this could be the last three bank statements. This is to show that you have enough money to leave the country in an emergency. You also need a criminal record check certificate, which will also need to be translated into the language of the country you're going to. Again, you'll need an original and a photocopy. Uh, lastly, you also need to pay the relevant fee at the consulate, so make sure you have enough money to pay for it. When I obtained my visa, it was £150, so make sure you've got enough money in your account. I don't think they take cash, so make sure you've got it on your card. In my case, I also needed a Hague Apostle, which essentially legalises international documents. So again, like we said before, just make sure that you go through the list of the things that your visa will need because they are not very lenient. So if you don't have everything, it's very likely that you'll get turned away. If you get turned away, you'll need to apply for another visa, visa appointment, which may take another few weeks. So essentially, I'm just trying to stress that this can take a very long time. So the earlier you start the ball rolling, hopefully you can get it. Um, hopefully you'll be able to attain your visa quicker and actually be able to get out to the country before your placement starts, which would be ideal. Brilliant, thank you. And also in terms of help for visas, we've got on our Work Abroad SharePoint site, we've got a whole page on visas. Um, we can't give advice, but on that page, there is a lot of information and also information from other students that have gone through the visa process in different countries. So I would suggest having a look at that as your first port of call if you do have any questions. So when you were on your placement in Spain, how did you find building a community and kind of staying friends with people, making friends, getting involved in the culture? In my experience, as I was living in a small town, um, I didn't have any other ex-university students living near me. So I made a real effort to try and make friends within the town. For me, I found it really helpful because I made friends with my work colleagues who obviously lived in the town and they had their own friendship group. So for me and the other English interns, we actually got really lucky because we basically were introduced into a whole friendship group, which was really, really nice. Um, another good thing you can do is join sports teams. Um, so the boy I lived with joined a tennis club and he made a few Spanish friends there. There was, there was also, I think, football clubs and rugby clubs in the town as well. Um, I joined the gym, which is really nice because the people were really friendly. So I made a few friends in the gym and the swing, swimming pool. So I think sports is really good um, if that is something that you're into. If you're not into sports, maybe find another hobby. There were a few uh, different, I think there was like a ceramics class or ceramics building in the in the town as well. Um, and I'd say, depending on the country, um, in my experience in Spain, it's quite a social, it was quite a social atmosphere. Everyone was um, usually sat out 
outside I guess because it's sunny sitting on tables and sometimes you just chat amongst um the other the other tables which was really nice obviously that's not going to be the case for everywhere I think maybe if you're in a bigger city maybe it's more daunting because you know you know less people and you might not see the same people every day for me if you do live in a town you do just see the same people every day so it's sometimes nice in that way Another really good thing is Facebook chats. So if you use Facebook, um, it's really nice to see if there's anyone else in the area. Sometimes you can join group chats of people in your city or doing the same job as you or if you're doing British, British Council, sometimes there's big Facebook group chats as well. So I'd really advise joining those and meeting other people. Obviously, they might not be from Spain, France, Germany, but it's nice to network as well with um, other English students as well. It's just about growing your network. Um, which is which will make your placement a lot more enjoyable. Another way to build community is through accessing the Work Abroad student chat um, and you can access this via the Work Abroad SharePoint site um, and if you need to find the SharePoint site you should be able to do this through going through your placement modules Ellie page. Um, so if you're registered to do a placement, you should have an Ellie page for that module. And on that Ellie page, there will be a work abroad tile. And in here is where you can find all the information. Um, so you'll just need to fill out an MS form to get registered, and then you'll be added to the chat as soon as possible. Um, this chat is for those students who are planning to work abroad and those who have already worked abroad um, or those who are currently working abroad. Um, it's a place for students to ask questions to other students and to share their experiences of working abroad. Um, so hopefully, if you haven't gone on your placement yet, you can find a little community on the Work Abroad student chat so that even before you've gone on your placement, you might know which other students are going to the same area as you and you can link up. Um, we also really do encourage those students who have already been on a Work Abroad placement to join the chat. Um, as you'll be the best people to answer the questions from students who are considering it as you've been through the process. Um, I'm sure you remember that it was quite a difficult time finding a placement and moving to another country. So any words of wisdom and advice that you can give to other students is really, really appreciated. So again, um, you can find information on how to join this chat on your placement modules Ellie page under the work abroad tile. So if you still struggle to find it, um, you can just email us at placements at exeter.ac.uk and just mention that you want to join the work abroad student chat. When you were on your year abroad, um, how did you find budgeting? Did you find that you um, improved budgeting as you went along? What were kind of some tips that you you have? going forward? So for me, I definitely made sure that I was quite careful because obviously I was in a different country, so it would have been a lot more difficult to get out of a financial problem. Technically, I wasn't paid for my position, so I had to be extra careful. I did get a stipend, um, but for me, my Erasmus grant really helped me. I know this year it's no longer Erasmus, but it's Turing, so I um, advise you to read up on how much you're eligible for and try and budget for the whole year so if you can work out when you do get your installments of the grant you can maybe work around that if you are getting paid as well then you can just uh, factor that in as well um, but essentially I would just advise sort of planning it out over the year um, you don't need to do day by day or week by week but maybe if you just know how much you're getting um, every month or so then you can sort of have a weekly budget or a monthly budget also it's important to realize that living costs are different in different countries so maybe it's a good idea to research that before you go out um in spain i think 
in general you get paid less but the cost of living is cheaper out there so it's important to factor in things like that so this is a nice one what did you get out of your year abroad so on my year abroad I definitely feel like coming back I'm a lot more confident uh, I think for me I've always struggled um, especially speaking a foreign language in front of natives um, I've always found it very daunting and I've always not been very confident in my language level I did beginner Spanish so when I did go out to Spain I didn't feel like I could really hold a conversation or even wanted to try for fear of being laughed at obviously that's not the case um, I'm sure you've encountered many international students in Exeter and you're not going to laugh if they speak the language wrong because you know it's not their first language so I think for me um, if I could give some advice, it would be, I know you, you may have heard this many times, but it's important not to let your fear or embarrassment hold you back from practicing your language, because ultimately that's what you're out there for. You need to make sure that you make the most of it, that you practice speaking to natives, even though it might be daunting. Of course, you're going to make mistakes, but I'm sure they already know you're going to make mistakes. People make mistakes speaking their own language, let alone another language. So I would definitely um, encourage all uh, language students to make the most of it and I know it's easy to stay in your comfort zone and speak English um, more likely than not you will encounter a lot of people that are bilingual and will speak English and it might be easy to just think oh they can speak English anyway let's just carry on speaking English but do not do that um, and you and you feel very accomplished I think when you come away from a conversation and you've maintained the, le the, con the conversation in French or Spanish or German it's a very rewarding feeling so for me, I feel like my year abroad has given me many interchangeable skills. Um, obviously, I feel like my communication has improved a lot because I've had to talk to people of different ages working in a language academy. I was working with um, adults, but also other um, interns. Also doing a teaching job, I was communicating with very, very young children, teenagers, adults. So I feel like my communication skills with a variety of ages has really increased. Furthermore, the job had a lot of tasks as well. So organisation was really important. I had to make exams, make portfolios, mark exams, do parents' evenings, um, lesson planning. So I had a lot on my plate. So it was imperative that I was organised, used planners, used lists. Um, so I think for me, coming back to university, having to juggle part-time job and my studies I feel like I definitely worked on that on my year abroad because I had so many tasks that I had to do simultaneously. I also think in a teaching position your leadership skills obviously increase as well you're having to lead a class of children who also may not understand everything you're saying so back to the communication thing it's really important that you use body language and eye contact and everything else because sometimes speaking is not the only way that you can communicate in a group of people. And lastly, obviously, applying for a placement um, for your year abroad is really, really great practice for when it comes to the end of fourth year, when maybe you're applying for grad schemes and um, other positions that you might want. It's a really great, great way to practice the application process, the interview processes, writing your CV, but also the reject the feeling of rejection, because obviously when it comes to applying for grad schemes at the end of your time at university, it's not going to be uncommon to maybe not get through to the same to the next uh, stage or maybe not even to hear back at all so it's a really great way to build resilience essentially. Um, okay so I want to ask you one final question um, which is just what would be your top tip or top tips for any students going on their year abroad soon or thinking about it in the future? 
Well, like I've mentioned before, I would definitely encourage you to talk to people that you've never spoken to. Try and talk to natives or people that live in the town or the city that you've gone to. Um, I'm very aware that it's a lot easier to maybe uh, stick to people that you know speak English or that are from England because it's very comforting in a foreign uh, country to be around people that are from your country. Um, but I would definitely, especially for study abroad, if you're an Erasmus student, just try and speak to people that are from that country just so you can really develop your language skills, but also meet people that you would never usually meet. Because if you are friends with people from Liverpool University or Manchester University, you may actually meet them. But if you're friends with people that live in a small town outside of Barcelona or outside Madrid, more likely than not, you would never actually meet them. So it's a really great way to, to meet people with completely different backgrounds and completely different life experiences. Um, as well as that, I would say just make the most of it. It will go by really quick. Um, if you do have find yourself with free time or you know a bit of extra money at the end of the month I would definitely advise trying to use that time to travel a bit maybe not between countries but around the country so for me I travelled a bit around Spain on the weekends and when I had free time I went and visited my friend in Paris who was working in Paris so if you've got other friends that you know are nearby or in um you know cities in, around you um if you can i would definitely advise using your free time because it's a year essentially of being able to have new experiences in different countries so i definitely advise that great um thank you so much for coming along today penny and answering all of those questions um it's been interesting to get an insight into year abroad from a student's perspective and i think students will benefit from that so i hope that anyone listening found that really useful and some of your questions have now been answered by penny um i think it's clear uh from what penny said that working abroad is extremely beneficial and an exciting time so i hope that any modern languages students who are listening are now looking forward to their year abroad. Um, as we've said, like do make use of the work abroad SharePoint site, um, the one to one appointments that I offer, any session delivery and also any information on your modules Ellie pages. Um, so thank you so much for listening, everyone, and goodbye. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message, hashtag careerzonepodcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram. And we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.